Planet of the Apes. Oh, I mean, uh, n- n- nothing. Uh, yeah, I, I rewatched that uh, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. I was Apes. just saying. It was a good film. That was a great film. Yeah. There's a certain person that we knew that used to look like that, that love interest of Mark Wahlberg, you know, you, you disgusting, know, hairy ape that know, goes after a white man constantly. You know, you listen, know? I, I, I'm not – genuinely, the similarities are kind of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I don't try to be mean. I don't go out of my way to be mean. But for that person, yeah, I would. And I would use all the racist stereotypes. Jesus. But I love black people, too. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. Sure you so, uh, as you guys know, we're going to probably start having shows like this on Monday for the Nightwing podcast. Uh, just covering, like, the current news of movies, TV shows, anime, all that stuff. You know, uh, because I actually want to make sure I have shows like this. Because, you know, when we usually do our regular shows, it's not hard to do topics. But... At that point in the day, I'm usually thinking to myself, I just kind of want to sit and chill for the most part, you know? Like, that's just me, you know? Like, at that point in the day, I kind of want to sit and chill. I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about, like, you know, topics and all this stuff. You know, I really do. But at a certain point in the day, you know, I'm literally just trying to sit down and chill. That's what I'm doing. Um, There was this survey that came out. Um that might put a nice big light onto a lot of the stuff that's been going on, honestly. But yeah, uh, Sean, he's not been here for a while. I guess we haven't did a solo, a two-man show in a while, honestly. But yeah, he's been still sucking off A24, you know, mm-hmm. right? You like that Joaquin yeah. Phoenix A24 movie? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know which one you're talking about. There's probably many. The one that uh, the recently one. came out. Uh. I mean, I quote unquote, I mean, liked it. Yes, it's a good film. Is it like an amazing film? No. And I predicted that it wouldn't be that good, in, mm-hmm. especially in comparison to the director's others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I wanted to tell you this. I watched that video you told me to watch. I watched it all the way through. Oh, Lord. Uh, I don't know where to start anymore. It's just uh, it's all this nuance that comes into the conversation. You know, it's one of these things where. Things were fine relatively. I, I think if you get to a point where like you're like that self-absorbed inside of that kind of thing, then nothing can really fix anything anymore, you know? Yeah. Oh, do you mean like the one, you know, like we talked about backstage? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, well, uh, uh, again, I mean, not not to like, you know, like share anything or, you know, say what, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, again, that it's not just like, about like anything online that like happened it's literally like a lot of stuff that like happened in in their personal life so it like there's a lot of stuff like i I know of but you don't like that they went through that caused it that would make anybody like lose it yeah including myself so it's yeah it's man I, i look back at everything that used to happen and i think to myself god damn did we have it good or did everyone just, you know, slowly come together based off the situation around them? Whatever it may be. I feel like at one point people were genuinely happy around each other. I think maybe I'm crazy, you know, but then other people started bringing in like their own personal 
dramas with everything and just kind of mm-hmm. soured everything. And that's when I took to myself and I was like, I'm stepping out. I'm I'm good. I don't yeah. do this for drama. Yeah, what, what I don't like is, yeah, when somebody, like, tries to bring you into drama but, like, doesn't even, like, mention it to you. Like, I remember there was this uh, one stream that happened where it's, like, without naming any names, yeah, like, some person just brought on, like, 15 of us on the stream and they didn't say anything of what it was going to be about. And then they just started making, like, a like a kill stream randomly I'm just like what the fuck i don't want to be in this oh yeah can i, and then, can I but, leave yeah because <laughs> then and it also came to the movie talk topic that he brought up which is more people are just gonna have you know uh pe- people are gonna have different opinions on movies like like if someone says i don't like your movie or whatever i don't i don't really care honestly it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all i don't give a shit personally you know like, if it gets to a point where someone feels like they're, like, if someone brings up a different opinion and that person feels as if it's trying to basically engage in a rant, sort of, so, so, uh, sort of speak, then we're not even having a good conversation, you know? Like, I don't know. That's how I personally feel when yeah, it comes to a lot now, of stuff. I, I hate you because you don't think uh, licorice pizza is a masterpiece. It's a that's a movie, all right. It, that is for sure a movie. Now, if you tell people you watch that movie, you might be on the FBI's most wanted list. But you uh, know. Why, why, why? It's a twenty-four-year-old actor. You know that. Yeah. Wait, now, if you it, tell, now, I want you to go tell a mom that in a dog <laughs> uh, park. Actually, go tell a mom yeah. you watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, the film isn't saying it's a good thing, but it's a common thing that happened back then. It's telling the story, a, a, a challenging story. So you know, it's perfectly fine. It's not like, uh, you know, cuties who gets, uh, you know, That's like a great un- movie, who get, yeah, who gets underrated. Act- great storytelling, right? Yeah, it's Jesus Christ. It's like, listen, if you want to get younger. If you want to tell a story of like younger characters, uh, then you should probably cast adult actors who like look the age. But if you want to get you know underage actors, that's fine. But then you shouldn't do you know certain things on set like uh, fucking oh, yeah. have mm-hmm. have like a fucking two hundred like eleven year old girl fucking like cast and tryout thing where they all fucking shake their ass in the camera for the director. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I read the interviews with that French director. And I knew what she was trying to say, but she didn't understand. It, it's uh, it's people that aren't from here or from like Canada don't understand. Like America is very uh, sensitive yeah. when it comes to a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, it's like in their mindset. It's fine, but and like I, again, like it, it, it to you if it's like fine because you're like, I mean, yeah, well, I'm not a fucking pedo, and you know, I don't think about mm-hmm. that shit. So I don't. Like, really I don't. Care I don't watch the movie. I don't. I, yeah, I, so I mean, what, whatever, but I'm, I'm just saying people, Yeah, they, they, there's some valid uh, criticisms of what they made the underage actresses do on set. And, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. again, it, 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 I'm not saying, like, you know, it, like it, it's illegal or anything, you know, it's like whatever they're allowed to. I'm just saying it, it's a valid criticism, but even if you don't agree, that's also fine. But I would say is just be respectful to both opinions as somebody's cool fit they're just watching it for the movie like the story then fine but it, you know and if somebody like doesn't agree with it and doesn't watch it that's also fine uh, and if you're one of those people who then like try to like fucking uh witch hunt other people over their take on it then you're a fucking asshole 
I, I think what really, what really screwed that movie over is the marketing, the initial poster that came out mm-hmm. from Netflix. That screwed over everything. Because what she talked about the reason she wanted to shed light on something that is an actual issue. Yeah, but, but then they do the issue. Yeah, the, the thing here is that Netflix screwed over what she was trying to push out. Then Netflix's promotion of the movie was mm-hmm. just... I want people to go back and see what they put out for that movie. Yeah. That was disgusting. That yeah. Was sick. yeah, I know. There's some disgusting things in the film. Like, you know, I get what she was doing, but no, some of the things that she had the young actresses doing oh, yeah. or like yeah. that or, or that, you know, they had them like witness on camera are pretty fucked up. Like if it's fine if you either you lowered that down if you want to work with younger actresses, just lower it down a tad older. bit or just hire adults who look the exact same age. There's adults yeah. out there. Look they, literally yeah. the exact same. She could like, have literally just hired of age women, and it, the message yeah. she was trying to portray could have easily happened if she had just had the characters have flashbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah you, you know, and I'm not like biased. Like this isn't just like a you're not biased. Random situation. Like there's a director I really love, uh, Terry Gill Gilliam, and mm-hmm. whatever his name is. Uh, you know, he's made stuff like uh, Twelve Monkeys and such like that. Um, he made monkeys? this film. Jesus Christ! I knew you were gonna say something to the title. Anyway, um. Yeah, he made a lot of films like that, and uh, yeah, he made this one called Tideland, and it's a, a good film. But yeah, there's a really issue. Of, he used a young actress, like an like around eight years, like twelve years old or something. I really don't remember. And yeah, on set, you know, with the story, did some mm-hmm. uh, stuff that yeah, a, a, a you know, an underage uh, actress really shouldn't witness, and it was all on set. And yeah, it was. And you know, I'd say I'm not biased. Like you know, it's a good film, but yeah, that I, I, I that was just not that was not good to do. So <laughs> this isn't just like a fluke incident, or it's just like you know, I don't I don't care about this. You know, director. You know, I'm not a fan of their films or anything, so I'm fine with hating on them. If it was a director I liked, though, then I wouldn't. Like no, I uh, I do it with anything. All right, like licorice pizza, though. Like for example, it used it didn't use an actual 15 year old actor. So it's fine. Now, now you know, I guess it doesn't mean he you had have to better like better moral story. standards than the director of Cuties. I can yeah. say that. Well, now, you, now you don't have to be a fan of the story or anything, uh, even though it's not saying anything. Uh, whatever, it's a long talk. I don't mm-hmm. want to get into, but uh, but uh, either way, used an adult, so it's fine. That that's the rule. <laughs> yeah, my thing here is like that. No, that that kind of thing has happened in real life. The thing is, people sometimes are very abrasive at movie concepts that personally reflect who they were. Honestly, I've noticed that a lot. So uh, I want to ask you this, because you you haven't really, we haven't really talked in a long time, actually. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the movie talk conversation on just YouTube? Uh, Movie talk conversation. I mean, just movie talk talk in general, really? I mean, there's a, there's like many different portions. There's like one portion, which is just like the, super special uh critic fan club which is just the normie reviews that are like the most uh basic rundowns ever and are safe so then they just pump out the reviews and they'll stay in the club you know like you know jeremy johns or whatever and then mm-hmm. there's the um you know the neck uh, beard circle where you know they they, they they can't just separate anything uh like mm-hmm. uh you know critical drinker and shit does you know and then there's the uh super analytical um you know, side of it where, uh, you know, half of it is uh, really good, like uh, YMS and, you know. He, I like Midnight's knows, Edge. I like yeah. this stuff. 
Yeah, and, and, and then the other half are just like pointless, like uh, fucking Mauler, just a waste of time and garbage. Uh, yeah, um, I, I'm usually, yeah, I'm sub to a lot of people, but yeah, I don't like, I, I used to watch, you know, all varieties outside of who I'm sub to, but I don't really anymore, so I can't say how the landscape is right now, but, you know, I, I think it's mostly good, but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, shitty ones that like try to, it's like they can't separate the movie from like their personal biases. Some of them, it's really weird. My my thing with movie talk is, you know, you have people who will be like, "I'm not watching this unless my favorite reviewer says it's good." Mm-hmm. I, I mean, on one it, hand, I can kind of agree with that because if you're like, "Hey, I want to save," if you're in the camp of saving money, sure, mm-hmm. that's that's a fine stance. If you're on a budget, that's, that's a completely fine stance. But if you're if you have the money and you like going to the movies and you're deciding factor is another random person who was who's gonna have a different opinion than yours i think that just makes you a sheep well i mean i i it listen it all that stuff really all depends it's different circumstances every time like there like for example there's again one reviewer that i've watched who uh, again i don't just listen to his opinion i just happened coincidentally to have like similar opinions and tastes as him like honestly like 70 percent of the time so Usually when he says, like, a film is really good or really bad, you know, I'm usually in agreement with him. But there are uh, definitely, you know, times where I don't, you know, mm-hmm. or, or that I think, you know, overrated something or underrated something. But either way, so because of that, it does give me, like, uh, sort of, like, a good, like, uh, you know, bar on, like, you know, should I, like, risk it and, like, pay money for it or should I just wait till it's out digitally? Like, I'll, I'll always, like, watch anything, though, like, I... I see pretty much everything, so that's not an issue. I always watch it. You know, it's just like yeah. paying money or not, though. Well, it's, we're talking about like, like the common person. That that's the a common sentiment that I've been hearing just for many years. Is oh, if my favorite reviewer said it's good or bad, then that's my final nail in the coffin. It's yeah, well, like... yeah, that's <laughs> dumb. Uh, yeah, like I know a lot of there's a lot of brainless that did that with a lot of films before. Like again, yeah, you, you, like uh, one good example I would say is um. Yeah, it was uh, It Comes at Night. I don't know if you ever saw that film. A but... With the terrible trailers? Yeah, that, that so basically, that. Yeah. yeah, A24, where A24, you know, when it make great films, but they fuck up with the advertising on some of them, uh, like they did with The Whale. They really made that film look like mm-hmm. shit, even though it was a great film. Um, and yeah, It Comes at Night was another one. Now, uh, for me, I've seen a lot of psychological horror type things, so I kind of knew from the trailer that was probably going to be that just from looking at it but Mm -hmm. from the way it was edited and everything though and the shots visually like how they put together and the marketing and everything it made it look like some like monster film like out of coming out of the forest and stuff like that um that's how like they marketed it so then everybody saw it and they're like oh where's the fucking monster down vote fucking one out of (laughs) ten you know even though it was supposed to be just a psychological type horror thing thriller thing you know and it was Mm -hmm excellent and it did many different themes and many it it, it like used every single like type of horror scare in the entire horror genre and like it it, it, with great performances a great story it was awesome but because of that you know it was poorly received because of that and you know whether you genuinely you know enjoyed it or not you know that was the case there why it was poorly rated on some sites like imdb and uh, the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes, although it is on high on other sites like uh, Metacritic and Letterboxd, though, because they're not mm-hmm. as much of idiots. So anyway, though, the, the, that happened with, like, some popular 
critics as well. So then they said, yeah, oh, it sucks. And then, yeah, a lot of people are just like, okay, thanks for saving my money. I'm never going to see this. Because they all thought it was going to be a monster film. So they just made bad reviews of it. And then it made other people not see it. And then just automatically rate it poorly on their sites. Hmm. And yeah, it, it like, even like just that. when it comes to movie review sites, you have, like, Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, when someone's talking about critics, you know they they mean Rotten Tomatoes. At least in, I would say, 9 out of 10 cases, they're talking about Rotten Tomatoes. Well, sort of, yeah. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes critics are... Obviously the, the best critics in the industry, I, I right? Mean, I mean, I, I will say, I mean, I, I do think it's overhated to an extent. There are a lot of stupid critics or a lot of stupid Rotten Tomatoes yeah. audiences as well. It, re- it really depends on each film. How about love with the superhero thing you brought up on yeah. Twitter, too? Remember, like, uh, uh, let, let's say a random example. Shazam Fury of the Gods came out this year, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was that good as the first one. I thought it was a big step down from the, from the first one. And the critics, mm-hmm. they didn't like it either. But, and, but then people went, oh, well, the critics are biased and all that sort of stuff. But t- uh, a couple months later on after that, Across the Spider-Verse comes out. They love it. Yeah, and Dark, then they're like, oh, critics out. are right. It's it. like, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, because of that, it's like, they're not, I wouldn't really say that as much. It's just, you know, people mm-hmm. with their fucking stupidity. It's like, I think more so just, Again, the site is broken. They've done a lot of shitty stuff with the site. Like, they literally lost The little mermaid it's... thing that they recently just did? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the, the audience thing for uh, for the fucking Little Mermaid, they locked it at, like, 95%, and it never changed. And they also did that with The Rise of Skywalker. They do that with a lot of films, like they did it with Captain Marvel. It's like, so, yeah, uh, so stuff like that, you know, and, like, the site in general, people running it and them doing shit like that. Okay, I can understand it. Some critics here and there, like fucking Grace Randolph, okay. But but the overall spectrum, though, because of all that, I do think it's a bit overhated. I think it is also just a bit of people's, like, stupidity. And at the end of the day, it is just their opinion, and people take it too seriously. It's like they didn't like the Mario film because it was some fucking uh, terribly voice-acted, terribly animated, horrible story fucking baby film. That just played it safe and bland as fuck, like every Illumination Studios film. Well, uh, just this is great. And, and you and you know they. The yep, Minions the movies critics, are great. Yep, that's what I thought. And the Minions movies are great. What are you saying? Yeah, and a lot of cinema. audience members and critics thought that as well. So then it had a poor score. So then all the all the general audience members and all the fucking video game fanboys came out the woodworks before the film even released. Before they even saw it, they were that triggered by their opinions and because they actually had expectations for wanting a good, competent film instead of just seeing their favorite video game characters on screen. So then it's just like, oh, critics are wrong. You know what? I'm going to enjoy this film no matter what. This film is already amazing. I don't even need to see it yet. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. That's why everybody's fucking circle jerking. Well, no, that, that happens. That, that's happened a lot for a long time now. It, that, yeah. Even for, you know, DC fans, they'll be like, well, MC fans or this and this. They feel the same way. The, let's take the Flash for example. If you like the Flash movie before it even came out, there's a good chance. Not, I'm not, not even. I know. I know there's a, there's a chance you already loved it before it even mm-hmm. existed. They loved it just from when the movie got announced. It was just called the Flash. They already liked it. Now, yep. the the Flash on Rotten Tomatoes has like what 73 percent currently. Something yeah, like that. And they're just like, yeah, well, the critics are dumb. Uh, they don't understand it. Oh, and then you have this other thing where people who haven't even seen the movie yet are already telling you it's going to be peak cinema. But it's like, how would you even know that? 
yeah, like you're going to have your own personal opinion. That's fine too. But it's something that people have to seem to understand is you're going to have to have your own view of what a good movie is. And other people are just going to have to understand, hey, other people are not going to have the same view. That's just always what it boils down to. I don't see why that's a controversial thing to say or how people just don't see it in a certain way. You know, it's, this stuff is all going to be a big layer of subjectivity to how someone's taste is, you know? For like the Mario movie, yeah, I remember like critics not liking it that much, but the audience ended up just flat out loving it, you yeah. know? And they were going to no matter what because it's Mario and it's for well, kids' children. I, I told you a lot a long time ago too, where someone doesn't even have to love the movie for what it's providing you in terms of a story. Someone could just like a movie just because Mario was on screen. That to them is just a really good movie mm -hmm. in general, you know? So when you have, there's people that love movies because they play their favorite song at a certain scene. If song at a certain scene, it could be in like act two or some shit like that. You know, that's what I tell people is, you know, j judging all the, the weirdest thing now when it comes to movie talk is biases. People keep judging biases. Everyone's biased to something people, everyone's biased. But if that person knows how to, leverage their bias in the best way i would say that comes with the best territory you know because someone who knows their bias but puts off the best possible constructive uh conversations regarding their bias always tends to i always tend to lean towards that actually what are people talking in the chat hi stormy i miss you so much how are you doing i love your cooking you're just so pretty oh my goodness you know Oh Lord, uh, WZ, sub WC, what's up, Tony? What's up, Jaded? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much some people here right now. But you know, uh, Walter, what's up, man? How you doing, dude? I enjoyed the Mario movie. If it had a story, it would be the first story ever. It's a fucking game about saving a princess. Literally, never gets deeper than that. Uh, 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 okay. Uh, firstly, it has in some games, but secondly, I mean, yes, it is basic in the video game. Or firstly, it doesn't mean it has to be basic in the film as well. Like, it's a different medium. They, there were many things off the top of my head that, even just off the top of my head, that they could have done to make it a bit deeper than uh, that. But secondly, even for just a simple basic story like that, it was shit. It was literally nothing but, like, scenes for babies, uh, references, like a like fucking date movie. And a fucking epic movie, those shitty films. And then just, uh, you know, like meme worthy scenes like, oh, Jack Black singing, peaches, peaches, peaches. Oh, hey, that's going to be the viral meme video on Twitter. It was just, that was the entire film, pretty much. And then just utter stupid shit. Holy fuck. You know, hey, if that's what people like and that's what, what they got the enjoyment out of, hey, I like it. But then, there's this other thing, too, where if someone is choosing to be a little bit more critical or they see flaws in a movie, I don't see why that can't be accepted as well. It, it just feels like it has to be like just an all or nothing approach now, you know? Mm -hmm. it, that's just, I hate that, you know? Mario in Canada must be different. Holy crap. Yeah, that's yeah. how it goes. And the humor also sucked. Yep. It was just for it's babies. A, I, I, I'm not sure. Most Mario games, I don't think I've ever laughed personally. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, mean I never really laughed either. I never really loved the IP that much, but remember, it, it's still shitty humor. I mean, it's it's like, just, it, it's like, the video game was shit at this, which means it's okay for the film to be shit at this. It's like, no. It, it's like, also, it's like, it, it's a kid's film, though, so it gets a pass for being shitty. It's like, it's not, it's not like you can't make a, 
kids film that is actually competently made. It's like, no, I'm sorry, just because, you know, Chris Pratt, we had to get Chris Pratt as the voice actor who then sucked ass and had like 10 different accents throughout the film because he couldn't even nail the accent because he was so inconsistent and garbage with his voice acting. I think that was just a marketing ploy. Yep, it, it was just impossible to do because it's, it's like not. It's not, but it's, it's not a bad <laughs> thing. Like obviously, Chris Pratt's gonna put people to go watch the movies. That's just their mindset to it. But if you're someone that's always loved Mario, you kind of want the guy that's been voicing Mario ever since to do it too. Yeah, I can understand. It, it, listen, both if you sides. want, if you want, to, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. If you want to do a, a, something like a Chris Pratt, like what he tried doing, that's fine. But. Yeah. Either way, his take on it was garbage. He, he, again, he was literally inconsistent. He could not stay with the accent. His he kept going in and out with like eight different accents because he sucked. Because he's not a fucking voice actor. That's what they do, though. They get like celebrities who are barely voice actors, so then they can market the film and spend barely any money on the actual films, and then they like make a huge percentage and like a billion dollars from uh, yeah. idiots and families. The that's Mario what, movie made a billion yeah, dollars. That, yep. That's what Illumination does with all their films. They've been doing this for years. So they spend like, Dude, come on, let's be honest here. Everyone knew essentially that movie was going to either at worst make $900 million or at least a billion dollars. Oh, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I saw the trailer and I was like, that's a billion dollar film. There's no way it couldn't be just looking like that. If it looks like that, you're, you're, you're in, you know, Mario, the trailers, the way that it was marketed earlier. And like I told before, if uh, Illumination and Nintendo are successful with that Mario movie, which they were, they're going to start doing other movies. There's the Legend of Zelda movie that's going to be in production. Obviously, that's what we've been hearing about. Please You're going to no. hear about other movies too. Star Fox going to be in there. I, a Nintendo Cinematic Universe. I told people, hey, the Mario, if the Mario movie is successful, they're going to try and do a Nintendo Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and Super Smash Bros. and it's all gonna be shit because Illumination can't make a good fucking. Hold film. on, wait a minute. Are you saying you can't make a movie about Donkey Kong and I can put and I can just put Ashley's face on Donkey Kong the whole time? Oh my god! The views of MSK do not reflect <laughs> the views of me. Remember that. <laughs> well, speaking about the box office, let's go over the weekend box office numbers actually. And uh, as you guys know. I'm a huge person regarding the box office. Uh, we haven't did box office support in quite some time, but as you guys know, I'm still always every week keeping up with these numbers, uh, narratives, everything, obviously. And uh, recently, as we mentioned before, the Mario Brothers movie made a billion dollars. Uh, Scream 6 did very well. Uh, Shazam 2 you know, flopped at the box office. And by flop, I mean it actually just completely fizzled for the most part. Uh, Fast X ended up coming out. But now they put Fast X on VOD within two weeks of Fast X's actual release. That's crazy. Now, I'll say this, though. The movies coming out this year have, you know, obviously reinvigorated people to go back to the movie theaters uh, based, on the, based off the name and, and titles alone. You have Mission Impossible 7 dropping uh, next month and... For sure, I'm watching that. Uh, but The Little Mermaid definitely didn't entice people. You know, people had made predictions that The Little Mermaid movie was going to actually make a billion dollars. Are they high? No, there's actual... I, I'll link you those videos. I, oh, I was, my brain was This was melting. clearly... Like, seriously, this was clearly going to be a film that nobody internationally was going to like, unlike something like The Lion King 2019, even though that was hot, <laughs> even though that was hot garbage. All right? And... It was clearly something that a lot of families, you know, like wouldn't really want to see in North America either because, mm -hmm. oh, both because a lot of the live action remakes were getting shitty, but mainly 
uh, because the market and everything was just terrible. Uh, like the movie aside being terrible and just oh, the movie horrible. was terrible. I mean, you know, you personally thought it was bad, right? Yeah, yeah, I it, it, I saw okay. it online it was horrible in my opinion, but you didn't even go that, pay deluxe theaters, you know, you didn't go pay opening Thursday night tickets. Oh, for oh that? yeah, oh yeah, I got I got the VIP tickets. I got to meet the, uh, I got to meet the whole cast. Yeah, I got to meet, uh, you know. Oh god, no. <laughs> okay, I was I was uh, last week when I was about to catch the bus home from work. This lady and her friend came in, and uh, they had that their one of the friends had a little daughter. The mom went like to the bathroom. The friend is asking the daughter, "Hey." Did you like watching The Little Mermaid? And the little girl went, ah. Uh... Uh-huh. Yep, <laughs> she because... said, Haley Bailey looked beautiful. And she was like, ah. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it's so because bad. Uh, unlike the original, it's like, and unlike other Disney live action remakes that they at least advertise and like made before, it's like this was, this was barely something advertised and made as like, Something that a lot of families would want to go see. This was like actually like some, uh, it was like some fucking trend off of Twitter, and they yeah. they tried to make it into a family film, and it's just it, it's dumb and it didn't work, and and with some corporate corporate fucking plant actress, <laughs> it's like yeah, God, God, it's like yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not saying she's a bad actress, but I mean she's literally I'm a corporate essentially saying plant. she's a bad actress. No, she's not, and she was the best part of the film, although that's not a high bar at all. But I mean, they she, had fucking, what, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula? Like, yeah. Ha, ha. yeah, but but she's literally a corporate plant with, like, how she got, you know, the role and, like, other things to be in with, same with yeah. her sister, but, you know, whatever. we won't talk about that. Because you had other movies coming out. You had Transformers Rise of the Beast, which I'm watching tomorrow. I'm going to watch it. I already paid for my ticket. I'm going to go see it. Do I have high hopes for it? No. I mean, it's Transformers. Yeah. I, I've, I mean, <laughs> guys... Like, I saw the trailers, and I was like, that looks like the same shit we've been criticizing ever since 2007. So, if they if the movies haven't improved since then, I'm actually not surprised. Because yeah. the bar can't get any lower than Transformers The Last Night. It, I mean, literally, mm-hmm. guys, there was a horse that did a backflip in Transformers The Last Night when Megatron shot at Anthony Hopkins. It can't get worse than that. Just saying. You also had uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which I, as you guys know, I really did enjoy. I did a review on that. It's on the channel. I I, I did enjoy that movie. Uh, and we're going to be watching The Flash this week, actually. So, yeah. Uh, as for the Transformers project, I'll be re- I'll be doing the Transformers uh, movie project thing that we normally do here after I see Rise of the Beast. Uh, but you won't see the actual Rise of the Beast review until after I review and watch all the other previous ones. Uh, do I have this idea that I'm going to loathe watching the other previous Transformer films? Yes, I am. Because outside of like one in three, it's like a guilty pleasure sort of extent, all the other ones are really bad. And I'll have to see Bumblebee for the first time. So yeah, I probably won't be doing a spoiler-free movie review for Transformers Rise of the Beast because uh, tomorrow we're going to do an open spoiler discussion uh, with yeah. that movie because you know Diesel, he likes Transformers a lot. So we're going to have Diesel mm-hmm. on, and we're, we're going to do an open spoiler discussion for yeah. Rise well, of the Beast anyway. I, I will say, um, I did see it. I did that review of Kadox on his channel. Um, you talked uh, to another I, black man over me? <laughs> Wait, Jesus. what? I, I'm not saying, now, it wasn't, like, good, but I will say... It's going to win Oscars, what you're saying, right? It's going to win Golden it, Globes. I will say, it, uh, without going into detail or the pros and cons, um, it was at least 
about on par, maybe either a little bit above or a little bit worse or whatnot than as like the first Transformers film. However, I gave that like a three to four out of ten. Yeah. But it, it at least means it wasn't terrible or garbage, though, and that's an improvement. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. Also, they announced today that Transformers Rise of the Beast is coming to VOD, actually, uh, very soon. And I don't know what, why uh, I hate movie studios, because at CinemaCon, these people will all gather. It's supposed to be this big gathering of cinema and shit like that, only for fucking people to literally screw each other over and backstab each other. Because we're at CinemaCon, the big message is we care about theaters, and we want to preserve the theater experience. We want to make sure people go to the theaters and spend their money at the theaters, on tickets and concessions, all that stuff, right? But then the fucking studios go, you know what? We're going to fucking take that movie out within a month yeah it, it's like, what yeah it's like listen you, you you might blame like nolan for being a little stubborn with tenant and oppenheimer but can you really blame him for his concerns yeah like see how like the studios are just treating the movies like the studios aren't even giving the movie time enough to make money i can understand if you gave a movie like a month like two months to make money that's understandable but they're pulling out movies guys within two weeks guys fast x came out and within two weeks it's gone not like yeah. off the theaters, obviously, but mm-hmm. on VOD, which would obviously diminish the movie's returns. Yeah, so, it's like, remember, so the, remember the Black goes, Widow thing? Oh, oh my, yeah. And so people, so the studio goes, well, what did Fast X make a lot of money? You, you pulled the movie out of theaters in two weeks. Yeah, it, it would have made loads more money. <laughs> oh, Lord, jeez. Yeah. Well, here are the numbers from this week. And yes, we're going to do this, obviously, every Monday. So you guys will have mm-hmm. us going on the box office anyway. So... Transformers topple Spider-Verse with $16 million debut after heated box office battle. So, yes, there has been a lot of movies coming out with not only just the summer season heating up, but there's been a lot of, like, big-name titles coming out in the theaters as well. And we're going to see how they perform. Let's go. Haven't actually (laughs) did one of these in a while. So, you know, I wonder where 824 is going to be in this. Oh, out of the theater contention because they're trash movies. Right, Sean? Uh, Yeah. I hate you. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man put up a good fight, but the Autobots came out on top. After an unusually close box of his battle, Paramount's Transformers Rise of the Beast pulled ahead of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, debuting in first place to $60.5 million from 3,678 theaters. If you guys don't know, this is the max amount of theaters a movie could get to, right? So that's the max number right there. Sony's animated Spider-Verse sequel still managed a mighty second weekend, landing in second place with $55.4 million from 4,332 theaters. There you go. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, yeah, I guess it wasn't its first week, so it makes a little bit of sense. You know, the Transformers films always made a bit money, I guess, but I I would say I don't Mm -hmm. think it was, like, fully released internationally, though, yet, like, in China. Not yet, yeah, and people forget, like you mentioned, like we mentioned earlier in the show, Transformer films, they stopped doing well here, like, after the second one. They they made all their money, guys, literally in uh, Asian territories. Uh, I I genuinely think, like, the last night made somewhere, like, a billion, actually, because of China, because they love their robot shit that much. (laughs) Because people kept saying, what if people in America keep supporting it? No, people in America stop supporting them. Those movies stopped being good, well, stopped being supported a while ago, in terms of, like, the average box of a sense. Asian territories just love that shit. Yeah, remember, international markets, all right? Like, you you wonder, why does Zack Snyder have fans? And you realize... Uh, barely anyone in North America actually likes him. It's all the people in, like, you know, Saudi Arabia and India <laughs> because they're because his films are basically on par with Bollywood blockbusters. 
And I say that in every bad way possible. So they love them. What do you mean? Zack Snyder is one of the greatest film directors of all, of all time. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. The story. T- I, I'm just such a pleb. I, I can't understand his complex wait, wait, story wait, storytelling. Wait. Hold on. Where, where's the little mermaid? I thought it was gonna make a billing. Where is it on here? Hmm. It'll be there, just like my dad's <laughs> presence in my life. Just saying. Uh, I, again, like a lot of. It, it, what's stupid about it though is the amount of money they put in it. It's like again, how I, I don't know. Like if Disney was just drinking the stupid juice, or it's like because this is what was like some. Fucking- wait, hold on. You have to actually ask. Was Disney drinking stupid juice? They've been doing that for years. <laughs> Uh, of course, but it's so usually smart with like some like mar- like business decisions. But yeah. Jesus fuck, it's like I think it's because like this was again some like Twitter trends type thing like diversity, <laughs> and they didn't want to like then like let's give it a smaller budget and smaller advertising. They wanted to like go all in with it like the Lion King, so that to make it them not seem like racist assholes, and then it sh- they just shot themselves in the fucking face for it because it's like again anybody could have predicted told you. That internationally, nobody would really give a shit. It's the same thing with a lot of the Disney live action remakes outside of the odd one, like The Lion King. Lion King and Aladdin, they made yeah. money, but those are like, you know. Yeah, <laughs> outside of that, though, they don't really care about any of the others. And then, and then you know, it, like put in like what people think in North America about it aside. So that basically makes it so mm-hmm. like, you know, you're not going to make that much money, maybe like 400 million uh, around that also so there's some territories that don't even allow disney movies like russia yeah and so, so, another so, one as well yeah, so tell me why the hell did you spend 250 million mil around that like <laughs> on it and then like around 100 or 200 million on fucking marketing oh i got it they're hoping every movie right now coming out that's probably way better than that movie pulls it out and goes mm-hmm. to vod that way little mermaid shoots up to being number one. Oh, kill me <laughs> I, I, I swear, and this is like what happened with Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. It's like a lot of people think, it's like, oh, it made like almost nine hundred mil. That's really good. It's like, um, well, actually, no, it didn't make almost nine. It made, yeah, it made eight hundred bills, which is what I predicted. I think. Yeah, so it's like people it made like eight sixty max. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, people are like, oh, that's really good. It's like not really because again, it was a two hundred and fifty mil budget, and then they literally put. Just like BVS, which is why it was also a failure, that and other things with their marketing mm-hmm. and, and budget. Uh, just like BVS and Avatar 2, they literally put like close to 300 mil in marketing in it, just like those two films. Because mm-hmm. they had high hopes that because they're riding off of Chadwick's step for the buddy and all this shit that the end mm-hmm. of the Oscar stuff, that it would be some crazy shit. And then a, a hundred mil, you know, like a thing that they have to pay for the theaters and stuff and other spending so when you think about that and put that in comparison, no, they made like they like broke even and then maybe like made like a tiny forget, bit dude, afterwards. How it's much like, was Little Mermaid's budget? What two hundred and fifty? Right, you said. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I don't yeah, know. Around, around, around like two two hundred mil at least around that. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and I'm gonna be like, they, they put probably at least eighty million dollars in marketing into that. Yeah, it's like Black Panther. They literally put like three a close to three hundred million. Just yeah, like yeah, because that's what I was talking about too. in my um. That's what I was talking about in my Black Panther videos. It's like, yeah, this movie is making what is considerably good money, but when you factor in the marketing and the budget, that's not good. Yeah, they, they yes. put literally like 700 yeah. mil in it. So it's like they basically just like broke even and then maybe made like a tiny bit back as well. Afterwards. They made a and tiny like, bit back, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's like sure, sure, you you could factor in then like the toy sales and stuff. But that no, I, I, you, you know why I don't factor that in because that that that's a different revenue stream. Let's. I, 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 I know I'm a, and, and you know that's also how like shit like the Pixar films make their money. But I, I, yeah, either way, no, I was saying like when people bring up like that kind of point, I always say to them that box office is different from like home video sales. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm just saying like just the movie wise and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah, it it was not successful, and they they. Their expectations for at least like 1.25 to 1.3 billion, and to be like a big success, it had to make at least as much as the first film, or like 1.6 billion. That was their what they needed, and they didn't make anywhere near it. They made half of it, and yeah, I'm sure Chadwick uh, not being recast was part of the reason. <laughs> no, no, like it's been it's been subtly, I'll say, known, but. If a sequel doesn't have the main leading actor or actress from the previous movie, the sequels tend to not do very well. I mean, Will yeah. Smith is a very common example of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway, so yeah, so sure. It, in, it doesn't have Chevy Bozeman. It didn't have mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan. So it didn't have two of the biggest leading male actors from the last yeah. movie. And, and also it was a bad film. Yeah. Well, because there's black people in it, right? Uh, sure, that too. Oh, no, Lord. No. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it, thanks. It got- yeah, you know, if you want to, like, watch somebody roasting all the issues with it to hell, uh, you should watch, like, multi-topics review on it. He brought up, like, he literally, his score was in the minuses. He brought up, like, he literally brought, found, like, a hundred, like, valid different, like, loopholes in the film and, like, issues throughout the entire film. <laughs> and it's like, a, and also the funniest shit ever was when the movie forgot to explain why uh, Riri Williams shot up left that police station. They forgot to explain why. Oh, so she, oh it's, it's retaliation for Black Lives Matter protesters. Yeah, yeah. They, they, listen, they forgot that either they forgot to explain or put a scene in the film of them like dirty, murderous cops. So that she literally just shot up an innocent police station in the film because they forgot to explain it, put a scene in beforehand. <laughs> good, good job, film. Oh, Lord. Also, uh, I want to mention this as well. Movies that are big blockbuster temples, everyone, they, they they have to make big money. It's literally basically the idea of go big or going home. I forgot the Transformers Rise of the Beast budget. I think it, I'm pretty sure it's like 180 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. They're expecting yeah. like at least $900 million on that, at least. Yeah, maybe. If it gets like 750 that would be good enough. But yeah, hopefully like around 900 mil. Right. Again, so it might have made like 800 mil, but that's... They made their Once money Once you factor in marketing, they... They barely, yeah. they essentially, barely broke even, which means in some industry, they broke even. They didn't like lose any money. They did made like a tiny bit back, but overall, mm-hmm. it was pretty much a fail. And that's what a lot of people don't realize, though, because they don't look at the market and like with black. And, and this was only this has only been a case with like a handful of films. So like that giant yeah. marketing budget, like mm-hmm. uh, it, the three off the top of my head are those BVS, which is why it was a huge failure as well. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Avatar 2. And there were others, like Star Wars and such. But off the top of my head, it's those three. And Avatar 2, you know, succeeded with it. But those two, yeah, it failed. And it because they... How do you think Disney felt yeah. knowing that t- Tom Cruise took a billion dollars in with this movie last year? Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> and one of the main key reasons why that first Black Panther movie made as much money as it did is literally in February, which is Black History Month. They... I got the idea behind it, putting Wakanda Forever in the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. That's fine, too. But I think they should have stuck with the, you know, marketing strategy they have with the first one. No, 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 no. I think it was a fantastic idea to do it. 
release it in the same month, you know, where we killed all the Indians and Blacks. That's a great Okay. Uh, thanks to the better-than-expected turnouts for those films, Box Office Returns from the first few weeks of summer, May 1st to June 11th, are up 5% from 2022, according to Comscore. Analysts hope that popcorn season is able to stay strong as blockbuster hopefuls like The Flash and Pixar's Elemental join the fray in the coming days. Initial ticket sales for Rise of the Beast, which is a, is the seventh installment in the live-action Transformers franchise, were notably better than the prior two entries. No shit! Wait a minute, you're telling me that this movie's pre-ticket sales were better than the last night? No shit! Holy... Man, stop the fucking... Stop the bridge! Stop traffic! Wait a minute! Also, I will say, if it wasn't for... Not only just COVID, though, but also if I think if they just called it Transformers something like Transformers Bumblebee or something instead of just Bumblebee, which they should have because it did, you know, have a lot of story stuff from the others. And I honestly think that film would have made shit loads if it wasn't for that and COVID. We also have initial ticket sales for Rise of the... Oh, I, oh sorry. I read that. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, 28... 28- oh, I, I never mind. Uh, that was released uh, two years before COVID. Shit, my memory. That's because you're Canadian and you're probably growing crystal. Yeah, I, I think actually the COVID is best with my mind. Anyway, sorry, I have to say if they if they called it Transformers Bumblebee instead of Bumblebee, I think it would have made shit loads more. <laughs> it's encouraging. It's an encouraging sign that Paramount's 16-year-old action series isn't yet running on fumes. That's been a concern because the more recent chapters produced diminishing returns. After softer starts, reviews for Rise of the Beast were mixed, but audiences embraced the film with an A minus cinema scores. Okay, I know Rotten Tomatoes doesn't really mean a lot of shit to a lot of people, but cinema score really doesn't mean shit. They'd be giving out A's and fucking B's to like everything. Guys, mm-hmm. literally, on, on, this is one of the worst critic audiences websites ever. Guys, literally getting a B minus mm-hmm. is considered bad. Yeah, I remember. They, they give shit like fucking D's to the Northmen, all right? The jump above the previous film's opening is excellent, says David A. Gross, who runs the movie consulting firm Franchise Entertainment Research. Episodes 6 and 7 are where action series either find new creative energy and extend their run, Mission Impossible, Fast and Furious, Planet of the Apes, or start winding down, Terminator, uh, Predator. Only James Bond lives forever. But the tentpole, directed by Stephen Capel Jr. and starring Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback, cost $200 million. It'll need to resonate at the international box office to justify that hefty price tag. Also, PRX, you need to understand this too. The, these, a lot of these movies that are coming out in this year were pushed back to this year. These movies were supposed to come out last year. Cross the Spider-Verse, last year. Transformers Rise of the Beast, last year. A lot of these movies you're seeing this year got pushed back to this year because of, well, in the film industry, there's a lot of the things that push, push these movies back. But just keep that in mind. So these movies with these big budgets would need to make a pretty good return back, actually. Prior Transformer films have earned as much as 70% of overall box office returns outside of the U.S. and Canada. Overseas, Rise of the Beast ignited to $110 million from 68 markets, boosting its global total to $170.5 million. So they made their budget back essentially. No, no, no. Sorry. They made more than a little bit. They're like $30 million less from their budget now. 
even in second place, there's still plenty to celebrate for Spider-Verse, which is already a huge theatrical winner with $226 million domestically and $390 million globally. After 10 days in theaters over the weekend, the superhero follow-up surpassed the entire domestic and global tallies of its predecessors, 2018's Oscar-winning Into the Spider-Verse, which ended its box office run with $190 million in North America and $384 million worldwide. It now stands as Sony's highest-grossing animated release in history. Elsewhere at the box office, three holdovers from Disney round out the top of North American charts. In third place, The Little Mermaid added $22.8 million from 4,320 theaters, declining 46% from the weekend prior. After three weeks of release, the live-action remake is swimming along with $228 million at the box office. <laughs> it's not even its budget! But the big-budget film has been struggling at the international box office, where ticket sales have been floundering, no pun intended, uh, with $185 million. Yes, that's considered floundering for a movie that costs $250 million to make. Oh, my God! That's fucking horrible! And it's been in oh theaters my Lord. for a good while now. It's been in theaters for a good while, so it's probably not going to make much what, more now. Before, it came out two weeks before Spider-Verse and Transformers. Yeah, it's basically, uh, it's been out for like four weeks. So yeah, it's only going to make like chum change at this point. Are you making, oh my God. Uh, puns. <laughs> oh, oh no. Yeah, right. They put like 200 million advertising in this at least. Like what the fuck were they thinking? Oh Lord, Disney. Disney and making flops. No more yeah, it's duo. like 600 mil total. So yeah, they needed like a, at least like 800 mil, 850. Oh uh, yeah. The movie cost 250. 80, let's say 60 to 80 million dollars of marketing. Yeah, you need probably like 900 million dollars. Yeah, Disney. L. <sighs> Jesus Christ. At one point, there was hope the Little Mermaid would near the billion dollar mark. After a disappointing turnout overseas, it'll be lucky to hit 500 million dollars. Mm hmm. Okay, I'll say this right now. Any, whoever said that movie was going to make a billion dollars, just, just for that aspect, never listen to that person in terms of movie turnouts. Just saying, if anyone thought the Little Mermaid was gonna make a billion dollars, I'm, you, yeah, I'm you sure Andy crack. did. Oh, you know, pick pick pickle juice drinker, cheeseburger eating fat fuck. <laughs> yeah, Don't you love and, and again, also what when I say stuff like numbers like two hundred and three hundred, I uh, that's including the other stuff involving. Oh yeah, like marketing, marketing and, and yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three took the number four spot with seven million from three thousand one hundred and seventy-five venues in its sixth weekend on the big screen so far the comic book adventure has grossed 335 million in north america and 805 million dollars worldwide which is above the original 2014 guardians of the galaxy 333 million dollars domestically 773 million dollars worldwide but below the 2017 sequel 389 million dollars domestically and 863 million dollars worldwide in fifth place the boogeyman Added 6.9 million from 3,205 theaters, marking a 46% decline from its debut. Well, and that's a garbage film. Let's all talk about that. Was it a PG-13 horror movie? Uh, I honestly, uh, my memory on it is so bad because it was such a bad film. So it's I, your favorite movie of the year to me in DMs. Jesus Christ! I mean, I, I actually think it was. Might your favorite movie of the year? No, 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 I think it was like rated R. 
Yeah, as you know, it was PG-13, right? Yeah. Um, uh, memory shit. Um, you know, it wasn't, I would say it wasn't like the worst thing ever, but yeah, it's just your typical like Megan type horror film where it's like, it, it, it's just like a dumbed down horror film for babies and it does nothing special, like three out of 10, four out of 10 maybe type film. That's it. Uh, we are, uh, the movie adapted from Stephen King's short story of the same name has generated $24.7 million domestically and $39.6 million globally to date. Now, as everyone knows, when you cover box office, the number one rule, horror movies, uh, lesser budget. So you have bigger returns basically off mm -hmm. of if you have a lower budget. Yeah, now, and, and there was really no advertising put in the boogeyman. man. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Again, you should be smart with your uh, money. Yeah. Wait, smart yeah. with money? Why would Hollywood be smart with their money when you have yeah, your diversity? But, but again, <laughs> listen, look, it's like I love The Northman. All right, amazing film. And I wish it made like a fucking billion dollars in my dreams. All right. My... But, the, but there, there was no way. That, sadly, there's not many movies like that in the world anymore for a reason. And because you can blame it on stupid audiences, you can blame it on Hollywood, whatever. But it's not the case anymore. They don't really make that much money in theater, sadly, you know, for stupid reasons as well. Yeah. And they should have known that. All right. And the budget they gave, they gave Robert Eggers to do it. And the, the amount of advertising costs for the Northmen is insane. Like, there was no way they were ever going to make their money back on the Northmen. Yeah, it, the thing is, it's labor cost too. It's not even just the budget itself. It's mm -hmm. cost of labor, cost of talent, filming on location. All their effects are practical. You know, hotel rooms, food, all that stuff, man. It's just ugh. to get these numbers. That's what I told people. You got to get these numbers down. Like two hundred and two hundred million dollars for the Little Mermaid, dude. The way that looked in the trailers, oh hell no. Nah. That girl barely looked, looked like she was under the seat. So many, so many water puns. Jesus. I just can't. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is true. Water because, and that is true though, because the fucking lighting and shit and CGI was so bad. In I should look at a two hundred million dollar movie. I'm saying that, that looked like yeah, no, shit. It, it literally like there were so many scenes, scenes where it just looked like she was in like a dark studio instead of the ocean, because the lighting and CGI was that bad. Uh, so I want to talk about the Flash really quickly because the domestic uh numbers for the Flash were really low a few weeks ago when. The Hollywood Reporter reported on, on it. It was around uh, May 25th. The Flash was actually tracking like a soft $700 million uh, for uh, just being domestically. Uh, but I'm trying to see if there's been any, any updated information on that. The Flash box office. Let, let me see. How much the Flash would be cost to make and what box office does it need? Uh, would the Flash movie flop or would it be a success? Okay, yeah, we'll go over this article really quickly. Okay, so we have two of these because covering the other ones is going to be interesting as well, okay? So we'll cover The Flash. So as you guys know, The Flash is going to be the next movie in the DCEU. And as you guys know from the previous DCEU movies, uh, from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, which I, I, I did really enjoy, uh, you know, Birds of Prey, uh, we had Black Adam, Shazam Fear of the Gods. They did not do well at the box office. Like, at all. The Suicide Squad, you can make the uh, case where, you know, the day-and-date release strategy really, really fucked it over. That's understandable. But there was no real reason why Black Adam and Shazam 
didn't make money as much as they probably could have. Like Black Adam didn't even cross four hundred million dollars, guys. Keep in mind. I'm not saying the quality of film reflects the money that it made. I'm just saying that that is pretty bad, all things considered. Then, Shazam for the Gods came out, did basically just fuck all at the box office, actually. That didn't yeah, do well, that, that was doomed. You know, advertising was shit. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it was, like, mixed up in universe. And honestly, that's what I'm afraid of still, though. I'm so, I, I somehow feel like the fucking damages Zack Snyder did... It's still going to continue even after, like, the Flash and Aquaman 2. And especially mm-hmm. with them releasing Blue Beetle for some reason in IMAX, which might tarnish their look even more. I just <laughs> I feel like this is always going to linger now. And their box office is always going to be lower than it should. Something that tells just tells me that. Unless they make, like, a another, like some more of the Batman-level films. <laughs> Ezra Miller's The Flash and Pixar's Elemental encounter box office headwinds. Now, this was a early report, so keep this in mind. This is an early report. Uh, early tracking shows the Flash's opening to a soft seven hundred million dollars at the domestic box office, while Elemental is placing for just four hundred million dollars. The two summer tentpoles open June sixteenth, so that means they're opening, guys, this week. The Flash is opening this week. The Flash has been delayed multiple times, production hell, but it's finally here. The Flash movie is finally here and miss, you know, all of the uh, Ezra Miller controversy too. Both DC's highly anticipated superhero pick, The Flash and Pixar's Elemental, have their work cut out for them yeah. before opening in North America. Uh, so no, WZ, I'm on my phone right now, so I'm walking. So if it sounds like that, my bad. Oh my lord. Uh, according to early tracking, The Flash starring Ezra Miller in the titular role is pacing to open in the $700 million range, according to sources, who have access to tracking data. Box office. Insiders say that a soft number for a movie that has, that's been heavily promoted by Warner Brothers Discovery as the best superhero movie of all time. Others note that a movie's hold once it opens is more important than the opening weekend gross. Yeah, there's there's a bit to discuss with that. So, Warner Brothers has actually heavily promoted the Flash movie. They, from what they're promoting, they look like, from what I can see, it looks like they actually believe in it. Now, the thing here is, the past DC movies have not held well at the box office, people. They've had abysmal second weekend drops actually you know and that goes for a lot of movies too it's not just for dc but it's been a their movies haven't had a had a real uptick in box office what since man what's the last movie that really had that for them probably like aquaman. aquaman maybe shazam no yeah probably yeah about aquaman yeah you're right so their movies really have not resonated with the general audience in a while honestly for people to go out and support it in mass like people go and support but it's nowhere near on the level like where it used to be you know and since the universe is essentially rebooting, you know, you have people, I think people know the universe is rebooting. So they're thinking to themselves, well, why would I go and support a, a movie franchise where none of this is really going to matter come like in a few years? I'm not saying that should be your bar, but I can understand it from a consumer point of view. You know, you feel like what, what you're watching is not going to be worthwhile. Maybe. Yeah. And I, I don't know. What, what another concern though is while the Elseworlds thing well, we as fans of like, you know, and who know all this stuff, like how it works, you know, are cool mm-hmm. with it and actually want it, you know, like stuff like Elseworlds films, you know, on the side. 
that could have like the same or similar or close to, you know, budgets in live action form, but then have the main universe stuff. I feel like general audiences still might be confused by that. And then they might not even know like which ones to support or like uh, what's the point of support in the Batman 2 if it's not going to be in the main universe. Like I have that concern as well. And and I told people this before, to me, whether a franchise continues or discontinues or you get sequels, go. I always say this, go and enjoy the movie for what it is. If you get sequels down the road, then you're fine, you know? But if we're talking, since, but since people already know it's going to get rebooted, people know it's going to start changing, you know? The Flash movie essentially is kind of like, well, that means Aquaman and Lost Kingdom coming out puts it as like this, what, epilogue for the for the universe? When this movie is pretty much, I would just say this movie as the finale anyway. That's just me, personally. But I really don't know how much this movie really has to gross. Oh, I do. This movie has a huge budget. This movie's budget is $200 million already. It's been delayed multiple times. Uh, the COVID delays kicked in. Warner Brothers probably put in a grand total of about my God, like 280 million, probably. Yeah, but you have, you have to remember how much money in advertising did they put into it before it got delayed all those times? It got delayed so many times and put in so much advertising yeah. during those times, and then they have to do it again. How much money do you think that racked up? Probably all of it at this point because the Flash has put out three trailers at this point. And I'll say this about the movie's trailers I like the first trailer, I did, but the second trailers were. Ugh. They're kind of just like the same, you know? And the other thing here is people have asked, will people go and support Ezra Miller despite maybe knowing what he did? General audiences might not really know the full scope of it, so they probably won't even care for the most part. But it's one of those... Yeah, most don't care. The movie, it's all going to be based around, if this movie is really good and the word of mouth is really good, I think the box office will stay for it. But the issue here is the box office just doesn't need to stay. It needs to hit, guys. People, Warner Brothers has been banking on this movie for a while. This is going to be essentially their glorified restart to the D, to well, basically the DCU when it comes with James Gunn coming twenty twenty five with Superman Legacy. This essentially is going to be a closing chapter for this universe, essentially. Because Aquaman and Lost Kingdom coming out, I don't know if Blue Beetle is going to be a part of the universe moving forward. I don't know, so that'll just be kind of like whatever. But Aquaman and Lost Kingdom is going to be like a well, this movie should have probably been released before The Flash kind of feeling, you know? Yeah, you have Michael Keaton. Yeah, you have uh, Michael Shannon, General Zod. You have, what's her name? Sasha Kallo, or whatever her fucking name is. Sasha Kyle, whatever goddamn her name is. Kyle. Yeah, you have all of those things, but is Michael Keaton really enough? And is a this is kind of like a glorified bootleg version of what Flashpoint probably is supposed to be. Or it's supposed to be initially titled Flashpoint, but they ended up changing it early on to just be The Flash. And they've also released... Uh, uh, promotional comics for it as well that hopefully you're just going to be generating more interest in this movie. They put out, what, Super Bowl trailers? Remember, the Flash movie was the first DC Warner Bros. movie to be at the Super Bowl in a while. So they're really banking on this movie. I mean... Yeah, well, they have to. They put in so much money, they have to try to at least break even now. And then Screen Rant has it right here. How much the Flash movie costs to make and what box office it needs. The Flash has had a somewhat troubled production, that's saying it lightly, leading to many to question how much the film costs and what box office it needs to succeed. The Flash is very is a very important project for DC Studios' future, begging the question of how much the film costs to produce and what box office returns it needs to be considered successful. As James Gunn's 
As James Gunn outlined in his DCU announcement in January 2023, the Flash will serve as a as the bridge between the old DCEU and the new look DC Studios. The film will star Ezra Miller as Barry Allen slash The Flash, reprising his role uh, from Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and Peacemaker. Given the links to so many prior DCEU films and its status as a reset of the entire universe, The Flash is incredibly important for DC in film. Similarly, the movie has had a somewhat troubled production due to multiple director changes and earlier versions of The Flash, Miller's legal issues, and delays thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. For these reasons, many are questioning the film's production budget and what box office The Flash needs to earn in order to be classed as a success for Warner Brothers Pictures. All right, here we have, considering the budget for The Flash, the number may be surprising in comparison to former DCU efforts. The aforementioned issues that plagued The Flash's production before director Andy Muschietti's involvement have led to many to assume the production budget for the film will be sky high. However, CBC stated during an interview with production designer Paul Asterberry that the flashes that the Flash has a budget of around 220 million. That's still, what? That's a lot of money. Yeah, what what are they talking about? That's like 330 million off. That's the highest. before marketing. That's literally before marketing. Yes, and all the marketing is probably sky high. But like, really, they're even doing Super Bowl commercials, and they have to market it three times to full extent. It's sky high there. Less than prior DCEU projects, such as Man of Steel, two hundred twenty-five million, BV Bamber's Superman: Dawn of Justice, two hundred fifty million, and the incredibly troubled production of Justice League, three hundred million. Guys, that's don't mm-hmm. let that person fool you. That's still very big. That is incredibly big. Don't do not let mm-hmm. Trace fool you like that. Just saying. While $220 million is still a high budget, the number may be smaller than many were expecting. The reason for this comes from the quick director changes early in the film's production. Unlike Justice League, for example, The Flash had not begun filming under any of its previous directors. Former directors like Seth Graham Smith, Rick Famuyawa, and the dual filmmakers of John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein all departed the project during the script writing stage, meaning little money was spent on production. As a result, The Flash has a somewhat bloated budget, yet still ranks below the most expensive superhero movies ever made. How much The Flash needs for box office success? Due to the budget of The Flash, the film needs to earn a fair amount to be considered a box office success. While the production budget of $220 million seems like it could be eclipsed by The Flash's box office returns, the other unstated elements of the film's budget mean The Flash will need to earn around double this amount to break even. Oftentimes, aspects such as marketing and distribution costs result in Hollywood productions from big franchises needing to earn twice their production budget to begin earning a profit. That That's not the case with some films. It, 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 this is whatever. As a result, The Flash will need to earn a minimum of around 400 to 450 million to break even. Okay, they, they, that is like a minimum they need to get, but no, <laughs> no they, they need I'll, more. They the, need more. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So even. if Black Adam's budget was around $200 million mm-hmm. and that needed 600 to break even... 
Why would a movie around the same similar budget need less than that to break even? Yeah, no, it, it's stupid. This guy knows nothing about budget. It, this is stupid. No, it needs like fucking 800 mil to break even at this point. Fuck off. How much will The Flash make at the box office? This begs the question of how much The Flash will actually earn at the box office and if it will be considered a success at all. While it is impossible to guess how the film will perform, The Flash's opening weekend box office predictions can be used to form an educated guess. Based on early projections, The Flash is expected to earn anywhere between 7 D to 75 million domestically in its opening weekend. This could be as a this could come as a disappointment to Warner Brothers, with the studio likely seeing the flash as a safe bet in terms of its 2023 releases. Despite being a somewhat low opening weekend for a superhero film, some elements could mean the flash will earn back its budget. The first is the rave reviews the film has been receiving from its early screenings. If the film opens to similar hype, the strong reviews and word of mouth could lead to a bigger than expected opening weekend or longevity at the box office. Similarly, the film could have a strong opening weekend in other territories outside of the U.S. and Canada, boosting the overall returns in its opening period. Finally, other DCEU projects have proven to perform well overall on a similar opening. Aquaman is still the DCEU's highest grossing film to date, earning a worldwide total of around $1.1 billion at the box office. Somehow. You know, you know what's crazy is that the, he says DCEU projects only list one. Keep in mind, projects, it means plural, which means more than one. Mm -hmm. uh, he listed one. Yeah, and listen, I, I know it's because they really haven't had a chance yet because – a lot of, all of them recently have either been, you know, released during COVID or, like, they were kind of, like, a mess and just, like, forced to release when they were, like, you know, in the mix of all yeah. this, like, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, you know. But still, beforehand, no, they never they, – BVS, just, like, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, at best, like, broke even, and then – uh Man of Steel, same thing at best, like broke even. So they didn't they didn't do a great job. Like what do you mean? Performed well overall, have proven <laughs> what what and then uh yeah, Justice League fucking fail uh both versions. Uh and what 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 else has there, I, I get yeah, I guess Wonder Woman and Aquaman, that that's about it. Cause yeah, Shazam what didn't do well because it was like fucking Shazam released. Did okay. Yeah, because it was released in a bad fucking month because they're idiots. Yeah. Despite this, despite this, the film only opened to around seventy-three million, the lowest for any DCU movie. This just goes to show that opening weekends do not define a film success. That is true. Because a lot of people go, but it flopped opening weekend. Well, that's also there's a lot of nuance in that to, that topic too. But it's. It's not about how you start, but how you finish in the box office, too. But now, since movies are getting pulled out of the theaters relatively quickly, I don't know. I don't think Warner Brothers is pulling the Flash out anytime soon. They're letting no. that in the theaters for a while. If they pull that movie out in two weeks, burn it down. Literally, get a map, burn it, take that shit, burn that shit. Uh, this, okay. And the Flash's positive reactions could spur the movie to earn more than early projections. With that being said, the Flash should be expected to earn upwards of $600 million worldwide, providing it has box office longevity, hopefully pro proving a success for DC Studios' future. Yeah, there's a lot 
writing on this movie right now. I mean, I do hope it reaches uh, m where it makes enough money for Warner Brothers. And I do hope it actually does not, quote unquote, just break even at the box office. And it breaking even at the box office is not good. So if anyone starts peddling that narrative on Twitter, just stop. It that This breaking even will be a flat out disappointment. That I would say it would be disappointment. Now, the movie making around $700 million, that's that's great. Making $700 million at the box office, it's, a, it's great in general. But based off what this movie had going into it versus how much money is spent on it versus what they expected it to be versus how much marketing put into it, you know, that's – because not every story is the same when it comes to movies, everyone. Not not every movie has the same narratives. and who has the same ways to make money, obviously. But when you're looking at how much is invested into a movie versus what the studio expects out of it versus what you need to, obviously, pay off everything and then take in a little bit of profit afterwards, this movie making $700 million, breaking even almost essentially means you're lost in some cases as well. But, you know, we're going to end up wrapping this episode up. You know, had a great time. You know, uh, is there anything else you want to say? Uh, Mr. Coleman, before we uh, actually... No, but uh, were there not any other topics you wanted to get to? No, I, I have to head on and do some other stuff really quickly. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, we can do that on another stream, I guess. Um, Yeah, I will say there was like, another topic uh, I can't remember uh, that I wanted on. to get to. I'll DM it to you, though, later. Are you becoming Squidward? He did... You might be literally Squidward. Um, But yeah, guys, so I'll be watching uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast. Uh earlier tomorrow afternoon uh expect our transformers rise of the beast that fucking garbage good lord do you have a are you in a fucking cave you sound like a oh, why is my mic you were cutting out pretty bad what happened wow. what are you saying? i'm saying the trash okay uh i'll just we'll just talk after this <laughs> your mic is terrible oh lord this man is literally sitting in a fucking wind probably getting fisted by a fucking squirrel Oh, so, yes, everyone, I'm watching Transformers Rise of the Beast tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we'll be doing our Transformers uh, Rise of the Beast spoiler, open spoiler discussion uh, for tomorrow's Nightwing podcast. I don't know if we're going to have a Nightwing podcast uh, early in the morning, but uh, if Warren is able to show up in the morning, because I, I messaged him over Discord, if Warren is able to show up in the morning, then we'll have a discussion uh, obviously, well, the Nightwing podcast, obviously, in the morning. Uh, but if, we, if I can't have Warren, uh, then we'll just have the Nightwing podcast that we would regularly that we would regularly have on Tuesday. All right, everyone. I'll see you guys later. Uh, peace. Uh, if you guys are watching the show, keep in mind, keep this in mind, guys. When I'm just looking at my sexy uh, face, actually. So keep keep this in mind, guys. If you want to consume the show, and if you cannot watch, obviously, live. Uh, you have YouTube and Twitter as your options, and you can watch and listen to the Nightwing podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms of your choice, actually. We are available on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Radio Public. And yes, thank you guys for all of our listeners out there on the podcast. Definitely means a lot. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to try and make sure I do more of these shows. I usually would have the morning Nightwing podcast with KDOT, but KDOT is, is turning out that he actually is going to be going on a cruise and he's busy tomorrow. So yeah, he did not make time for me, guys. KDOT is not making time for me. But 
All right. Oh, I'm gonna try and make sure we have. Oh, so that's why my internet went out. I hate you so much. <laughs> what, what do you want to say before we leave? No, I was just saying, enjoy your shitty Transformers film because it's garbage and it's, uh, it's cinema. What are you talking about? God, and I was just gonna say there was a. I can't remember it right now, but there was one a, a, a couple topics I was gonna bring up on Rosales' stream that we didn't get to. So if you want, I can DM them. Maybe have interest in them, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell you them, tomorrow. You them later, but and, anyway, I, that, I know you that's the show with multi-topic. Well, what time are you free tomorrow? Uh, again, uh, we start the stream like uh, around like uh like three thirty my time, which is like around five thirty p.m. his time, which I believe is uh, I don't remember exactly like uh, Eastern time or something. Uh, anyway, uh. Yeah, it goes on for around four hours, and then after that, I'm free. So, okay. If, so if your if your stream is around the same time, like around eight or nine, then I should be good. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, everyone. Uh, we're gonna have to, you know, head out of here tonight. But thank you guys for watching so much. Uh, we'll try and do this again next Monday. Uh, hopefully, barring uh, Sean's and, and uh, Mike. Fast and Furious bombed. No, Fast X is the greatest movie I ever made. Uh, Fast X Infinity War is peak cinema. Vin Diesel's acting is just insane, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. So much acting range in Tyrese Gibson, Michelle Rodriguez at this point, Ludacris. So much yeah, acting and, uh, range. Brie Larson was definitely amazing. Mm -hmm. Brie Larson has so much acting range. Her her tits were looking good. Her butt was looking great. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone. We'll yeah. see you You know, Paul tomorrow. Walker is good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, seeing Jason Statham do the same acting shtick is great. Gets me hard as yeah. fuck. The Rock coming back to Fast and Furious. We'll talk about that soon. But, mm -hmm. yes. All right. See you guys, see you guys later. Peace. <laughs>